We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. You're Robin. You're Steph. And we have a guest. We have a guest. We actually have a guest this week. Uh, we're going to start uh, bringing some guests in because uh, why not? I mean, I'm sure people are sick and tired of hearing the same like five points that I have to make on different things. And uh, Yeah, and we had always planned on this. We just yeah never did it till now. Yeah. Well, there seems to be a lot more um, uh, discussion uh, nowadays now that we're watching uh, Gilmore Girls. Um, so, uh, I figured why not start with Alexis Bledel, everybody. Hey, Alexis, how are you today? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's not right. Uh, welcome to the, uh, the podcast. Nutty. Nutty is here from... Hi, everyone. I'm Nutty, not Alexis Bledel. I know how to hold a coffee cup. Uh... Hello. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the listeners are bored of your same five points at all. Um, but you're agreeing with me that they're the same five points. <laughs> well, let's see. It's uh, Luke and Laura live uh, OTP. <laughs> OTP. Uh, you hate the busker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I seriously. I um, the busker needs to go. Yeah. Uh, there's two more I'm forgetting. <laughs> yes. We'll get to them. I'm sure. Uh, I, I, I think my newest point is, uh, what's wrong with Logan? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. What? Oh, you're uh, saying you like him and you're waiting for, I'm waiting for people to, I'm, I'm waiting to, I'm waiting to see the bad here. Waiting to see where the hate's coming from. The hate yeah, yeah. on Logan. Yeah. I know he seems, he seems too good to be true. Ooh, could we be saying something here? I, I will say our last episode, I got things to say about Logan. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, the what's wrong with Logan category. <laughs> now, our usual podcasting format is uh, we talk for, you know, at least two hours going yeah, scene like by scene. 45 minutes per episode. And, you know, we're, we're, we've are we been turning We Don't Want to Wait into like... <laughs> Like we're just we're we're talking too much. I don't know. <laughs> like is that the new the the new podcast title? Um, and I thought, oh gosh, now we're gonna have a whole other point of view this week. You know, with guests, um, maybe I should figure out a way to talk about the episodes uh, in in more of a shorter format. So, I'm I, sorry. Do you want to talk less and smile more? <laughs> Not till uh, July. Your 3rd. other point, it's Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so how I used to, how we used to do podcasting with iZombie was we would kind of, uh, I would, I would take notes and split the episodes into, you know, the A plot, the B plot, or like the character, each character. So, uh, this week I took my notes by splitting it up by characters from, I don't know, least important to me to most important. Which usually the we'll we'll end each episode talking about how perfect Luke and Lorelai are um, together, um, or a long diatribe about why the busker just doesn't work. Uh, or sorry, the troubadour, I should say, right? Troubadour, right? Troubadour. Not yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't take any notes. <laughs> So you're doing what you usually do. What I usually did during iZombie, so yeah. I'm just showing up. So, uh, you know, 
rather than the back and forth, I'll be leading the discussion, and uh, then we'll have some you know back and forth about uh, about each of the things. So, without further ado, let's start with our first episode this week. It is uh, you jump, I jump, Jack, and uh, we're going to definitely start off with we. This week we have two different episodes with lane plots. Because Yay! Uh, everybody's shipping that OTP lane. Inside. No, everybody just loves lane. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, in this episode, um, Zach announces in in Luke's that he's ready to date Lane now, which is just funny. It's like you had to wait till she went to work in order to go find her. You live yeah, with her. Because it's Zach. <laughs> And uh, they make plans to date later after band practice. They have to, like, figure this all out. And, uh, it, you know, they live together and they can't just, like, I don't know. They have to, like, actually make make time to commit to this trying to date thing. And- My note, by the way, is Zach does not deserve Lane. I know production-wise, originally, it was supposed to be Dave. It was always supposed to be Dave. And then... He went to the OC and they're like, crap, how do we tell this story? Well, they decided, you know, it works so well with Max Medina. What we should do is just completely forget about the character. <laughs> and the audience will just say, oh, uh, they just obviously this person, the, you know, Lorelai or Lane, they just moved on. Well, so- the thing is, it's based on Helen Pye's actual relationship with her husband. <laughs> So when Dave left, they were like, oh, now what do we do? Yeah. Um, it, it, but I do have to say, it's it's so weird how, like, why didn't they have, why haven't they mentioned it all? Like, what happened with Dave? Like, why did it just go from long distance boyfriend to all of a sudden, oh, Zach likes me. And there's no, know. like, they were all in a band together. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Steph, do you have answers? I mean, I guess we were just to assume that they decided that the long distance relationship wasn't working and they just didn't tell the audience that <laughs> they decided to break it. And then they're trying to make Zach endearing by making him dumb. You know? <laughs> yeah. Rather than just an a-hole. He's like, yeah. He's just slow <laughs> to move. Slow and to act. Slow to accept. The Paladinos don't get any better at this because uh, they do the same thing in um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a character that things are very intense. And then when you come back the next season, a whole thing happened and it was over. And then they don't talk about it. And it's like (laughs) it didn't exist. And then the character comes back like half a season later and you're like, what are you doing? Why <laughs> this is so inconsistent? So they don't get any better. Apparently, they must think this is edgy or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's like maybe they just have all these discussions about what the characters would have done, and then just go and like forget that they actually didn't write anything. <laughs> and it, like, it feels like on. it's a style choice, and I don't get it, and that's mm. okay. Uh, so so the date happens. They Zach and Lane meet in the living room, and what else is there to do but finish watching "Stop Making Sense," which is a, a show, a movie they started the night before. And so when Brian comes home, he just kind of sits down, like, "Oh, good, we're watching the movie. We're finishing up." Just plops down between them. <laughs> Doesn't realize they're on a date. Right. 
And, you know, why should he? Like, they didn't tell him anything. And so Zach has to point out to his buddy, like, hey, this is a date. And so he's like, where do I go? And then Lane says, how about my room? And I was thinking, wait a second, does Brian not have his own room? No, they sleep in the living room. The bunk beds are right there. Oh, okay. See, I thought I was missing something. I assumed it was something like that. Yeah. But, um... And then Zach says, <laughs> no, what if the date goes well? And she yeah. was like, yeah, go in my room. Go in my room. <laughs> I love that about Lane. She's just like, no. Yeah, this is not going to happen. Uh, or, or, you know, the temptation is so much now that she's putting Brian in the way of it. Like, she's... You know, making. Oh, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think that's it. No. <laughs> I mean, Zach is so hot. I mean, he's nailing all those chicks. Obviously, Lane's just falling all over herself over this guy. I don't think Zach has ever had like a proper date. <laughs> this is my head cannon. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like, this is Zach's actual first date. He's had groupies or girls from shows and he's hung out with girls, but I don't uh-huh. think he's ever had a proper date. No. Yeah. I think he's very. Uh, immature well he may have physical experience he does not have relationship experience and so at Mm -hmm. least in that case uh lane is one up on him honestly i don't know much about zach other than he's a part of the band um he was uh kind of a jerk uh Mm -hmm. and uh you know like like your classic millennial the way he was acting. And I hate to disparage millennials, but like when you hear like, oh, freaking millennials, they're, you're basically thinking about somebody like Zach, mm-hmm. like that, that, that stereotype. Um, and like, just and all of a sudden he's like a womanizer as soon as the, uh, as soon as the, uh, the band starts getting bigger in Star Hollow or something. Or so, maybe he always was. And we just didn't see that side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so later on, uh, Zach walks Lane to her bedroom door and, um, we open it up and we see Brian is out cold on Lane's bed. And so I was like, oh God, they're going to end up going back in the living room and sleeping together or something, you know, sleeping together or, you know, making with the bumping and grinding together out on the couch. That was awkward. Uh Uh And I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't want any part of this. Uh, but Zach, like the, you know, it, Zach is now getting his uh, redemption arc. <laughs> He's he uh, picks Brian up like a good guy, and you know, like longtime best friends. He's used to doing this kind of thing. Yeah, he says. Oh, he's gained a couple of pounds. Like he knows how he feels. Like he knows that he's done this before. Yeah. 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 So Zach and Lane then have their very first kiss within inches of Brian's behind. (laughs) That was likely the sweetest scene uh, between them. (laughs) I do want to say when they finish watching the the documentary, uh, Zach says, David Byrne was a freak. And, and and Lane's like, oh, I think he's awesome. And all I could think is, yeah, he's, you know, like hearing somebody call him a freak. I know he means it like in a positive way, but I'm like, uh, yeah, and he came out as autistic recently. Oh, so really? like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And huh. um, uh, uh, and and it makes a lot of sense when yes. you go back and and relook at things. You're like, oh, okay. Well, you know the creativity. Because I just recently watched Stop Making Sense, and it's wonderful. 
Oh, I got to watch it then. Like how everybody says it is. It is the, like the best. Have you music. seen his interviews recently, though, that no. you got to watch some recent interviews? Huh? Yeah, they're they're really wild. And it just so happens that podcaster Michael Courtley looks exactly like him. And it cracks me up. <laughs> so, uh, uh, shall yeah. we shall we take a little wander over to the Lorelei side of this episode? Okay. Sure. Okay, so we're at the Gilmore dinner, and we find out that uh, Lorelai has been testing the honk if you're <laughs> bumper stickers. Yep. Uh, causing, I love it. Causing someone to come to a full – yeah, exactly. Yes, she's holding people to their – to their principles are the you know do they really mean what they say mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna say that you are then you better you know this is why i never I, I i always have a problem committing to bumper stickers i'm like what is the thing that i want you know basically tattooed yeah, to my car right like a tattoo yeah <laughs> that just i i'm always gonna own up to i'm always gonna want to discuss i'm always going to want to be responsible for it's the same thing with like buying shirts like wait so you wouldn't have a uh i love super superman ask me how sticker on your car because i think you would always be willing to talk about superman or at least smallville i i I mean yeah if i drew drove in like podcast city where all my friends were out here (laughs) (laughs) but i live in vermont and it's like you know i don't know you just well but i remember i remember going to my first con and driving up and seeing all these cars with these tardis stickers and you know and thinking wow you know i'm with my people i found my people i have arrived and uh but yeah i i don't have anything on my car because i don't want to commit to anything kind of like a (laughs) tattoo i don't have a tattoo because i don't want to commit I am all or nothing. My my car had tons of stickers all over it. Uh, but I'm also of the mind that if your car is like relatively new, you shouldn't be putting bumper stickers on it. Yeah. If you want to trade it in kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is that whole, I'm going to wait till I've had it for a while. But once a car is 10 years old, yeah, I, I sticker the heck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> then I look around and I see bumper stickers just like. I'm a hundred percent bitch. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you really want to just, that's your thing then. That's your thing. You're well, going to here, everybody that follows you is just going to know all about that. <laughs> yep. you, you all probably don't have the, this, but in my neighborhood, in my area, there's a lot of salt life. People that love the beach oh. so much. They have these salt life stickers on their cars. Okay. I have never seen a salt life and I grew up on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a new thing just no. over the past few years. No, what I hate is the, um, like, a real man drives a truck or truck yes. nuts or, you know, just Jeep girl. Th- like, those things are just anything gendered, no. Anything, yeah. like, too angry or political, mm-hmm. I'm really not interested in because it, a lot of times it feels like people are trying to shove their ideas down my throat. But, like... You put something witty, I'm there. Mm-hmm. You put something fun, I'm there. It's all about, like, if you're comfortable screaming it on a street corner, then it can go out as a bumper sticker. If you're not comfortable screaming this on a street corner and having to deal with anybody responding to you, maybe you shouldn't have it as your bumper sticker. Right. Mm-hmm. right. 
All right. Well, um, my next note is that Rory's hair has gotten floofy in this episode, and Emily's hair is now bigger. It is much mm. bigger. <laughs> to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we've had a change in hairstylist this season, because last season, Lorelai's hair was beautiful. Right. It was long, and the color was like a little reddish tint. And this season, it's very black. Mm. Yeah. I- I, I don't know, but um, I feel like every episode that I watched in the last couple of days, uh, Emily's hair got bigger and bigger. Yes. And bigger. <laughs> it really did. Like, what are they doing to Emily? She's looking like... The, Emily says hello one. Her hair is just all... I know. Yeah. Well, Lorelai, I just joined the B-52s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great Emily. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Emily, uh, has found out about Luke from Kirk of all people. Oh my God. <laughs> and it just blows Lorelai's. I mean, obviously Emily is again, irritated that she's hearing a bit of news about her daughter's personal life from somebody other than her daughter, but it's more as blowing Lorelai's mind that she actually talked to Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You talking to Kirk is like me having tea with Hortense Van Uppity. And she's like, who? <laughs> I uh, love Emily. <laughs> <laughs> so um, even though she has already met Luke, she is now inviting Laura. She wants Laura to bring Luke over. Yeah, this seems like a little retconning mm-hmm. because Luke Back when Richard had his heart attack, Luke seemed very comfortable. And I know that it's a different situation. He's now the boyfriend. Right. This is now the 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 mother, the parents, and he's in a different situation. But he seemed very comfortable meeting mm-hmm. Emily, and Emily seemed like she really liked him. And Emily seemed like she was on board with with you know the idea of them. Yeah, she was of, like of him. She knew that she he liked her. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, Lorelai breaks the bad news to Luke, but he's not bothered. He's like, eh, it comes to the territory. And then Lorelai says, um, you know, if we, I'd agree to this, but if we break plans with my parents, we're going to have to leave the country, have sex changes, both of us. So Mm -hmm. when we kiss, it doesn't look funny. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lorelai is transphobic. That's what that is. Yeah. I didn't like it then. I really hate it now. Yeah. It doesn't look funny. I remember when this aired and I I watched almost all of Gilmore Girls with my sister because we lived together while it was airing. And I remember just staring at her on the couch like, what is she even saying? (laughs) Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, that seems like one of those lines for the Emily aged people in the audience. (laughs) Well, I mean, half the, I mean, I made notes, I made several notes of the different movie references and book references that are coming out of these, like Lorelai and Rory. And I'm just like, they're, they all sound like they're Emily aged at certain points. (laughs) So, uh, okay. Uh, So, um, Luke is brought to the Gilmore house, which he does note, uh, that, uh, what a waste when he comes in, (laughs) when he's looking at how big the, the house is and the grounds and all that. And, uh, I know two people live in this house or 
One. They did. <laughs> well, one yeah. person lives in the sun. You know, like, it's ridiculous. It's such overkill. Let's not forget Luke's fixation with square footage. <laughs> Him and Jackson yes. were talking about the square footage of Chilton at graduation. <laughs> yes, and insurance. Uh, so Lorelai uh, suggests drinking and drinking immediately. Just ride the pink elephant all the way through this whole experience. Uh I love when they go in and Luke just introduces himself to the maid. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, yeah, she's not going to be here the next time you come back. So don't even, <laughs> don't even waste your breath. And Luke is near, easily chatting with Emily while Lorelai is like nervously asking for drinks. And uh, Emily starts spouting off words like rustic and charming and beer. And Lorelai is getting more and more offended by it. And, uh, so after Emily steps away to get ice or something, um, Luke gives her the business because, like, he's doing fine, but she's the one that's making him nervous. Mm-hmm. And that her jumping in constantly is making him look weak, which mm-hmm. is – I think in any other – in other cases might be, like, a little bit chauvinistic to say. Mm-hmm. But but here it's like I think Lorelai really wants him to to, you know – be strong in front of Emily, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. it's Emily. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a gender thing. It's a, you need to survive (laughs) my mother thing. She'll eat you alive. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, we go, Emily gets back and we go into round two and now Luke's more, more aware of how, uh, snippy Emily is being subtly. Yeah. She's just, just, you know, assuming that he wants to be, that he's a beer guy. Yeah. Not even offering him any other kind of drink. <laughs> I mean, look at him. He's a beer guy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but, you know, what if maybe he wants something different? Uh, so we go to round two and uh, we get talking about divorce. And Emily mentioning how nowadays people just get married for fun. Apparently there's nothing good on TV. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, oh, are there any children? Oh, uh, divorce just ruins children. <laughs> and then they get She talking. says that she's going through a divorce, by the way. Um, I, I do think that Emily kind of has a point. Like, he's very recently divorced. Yeah. He got married very yep. quickly for the wrong reasons. And while she may have been on board before, that was before he got married. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. But much like how the audience and the writers are probably thinking like, yeah, but that wasn't a marriage. (laughs) (laughs) That was just, that was just a plot point to keep them apart. Uh, And we get into diners and she mentions that she heard about a Vermont diner that got caught serving roadkill. I've been to this place and it is fantastic, by the way. What? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) That's an... I would think what I thought that uh, that diner was in Alabama. What are you talking about? Probably it probably. Is. Oh, don't 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 be so quick to judge. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Canadians that want to eat roadkill, but some of them do. <laughs> yes, but in Canada, it's cold, and the road. I mean, yes, they do like fine. We have elk. summer. <laughs> yeah, we just but, have uh, lots of it. I was watching some show where somebody had hit a moose or an elk or something mm-hmm. and they came by and picked it up to get home and ate it because it was cold it was really cold so mm. it didn't sit out in the summertime in the summer heat and yeah. fry on the 
pavement. <laughs> but is that a, is that a dig at Vermont? Was that a like Connecticut is better than Vermont and a bunch of rednecks live in Vermont? I bet it is. I okay, so is. as someone who has lived in Connecticut, mm-hmm. there are two types of people in Vermont. This is a stereotype, not my belief. Oh, I like to there are two this. types of people in Vermont. You're like mountain hick folk <laughs> and your hippies that have goats for their own goat milk type. <laughs> That's it. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, we got to wrap this up. I got to take care of my do- my goats. <laughs> <laughs> How's your goat milk coming? It's great. And in the morning I do goat yoga. Goat yoga. <laughs> They just crawl over my back and I just feel so relaxed for the day. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, oh, yeah, Emily keeps needling at the quality of diner and diner food. And then she follows it up with, would you like another beer, Luke? <laughs> like, she's just getting nastier and nastier. I hate to use that word, but like, <laughs> it's oh, just, yeah. she's just getting more and more less, less, more and more less subtle, I should say. More and more Emily. <laughs> yes. And then they go outside and she starts remarking that some workman left his dirty truck in the driveway. <laughs> and he says it's her it says it's his and she's like, Oh, it's very rustic. And then she looks at his coat, like I like this coat, it's very simple. <laughs> and by this point, uh you can tell that Luke is just completely frazzled. <laughs> so uh he's been through that gauntlet, and of course, uh the next day Richard calls and wants a round of golf. Which uh, Lorelai tells him not to go. Um, and he's like, well, I already agreed. And she says she, she, he can tell him like when he was, when he did agree, he was tripping on peyote. Peyote. Have you ever, have you ever done peyote or something like that? Um, but Luke's insisting that he can fake it. He's looking around his house for or around his apartment, I think, for an Arnold Palmer book. Yes, his dad had an old Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer book there. Say. He needed to learn how to to uh, play golf really fast. He played in high school, but he like hit somebody. This just seems out of character what? for Luke for to Luke? be so yeah to worry so much about what Richard thinks. Um, this doesn't to me because he's all in. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He yes. wants to. He wants to marry her. He's got his. He's all in. He's got his end game in mind, and it's. I need to impress the parents. I don't need to be their friend because she doesn't like them. But I need to be accepted enough that if I want to marry her, they're not going to try and stop me. Right. And uh, he knows that they meddle. Right. And this also seems like a very manly thing. It's like, well, I got I'm a man. I got to know how to do golf and it should be no problem figuring it out. And then Lorelai calls Richard who knows golf, but yet he's working on his putting. Yeah. (laughs) Getting ready for it. And I love how he's just like, this is not about having fun. This is protocol. (laughs) All the deals. This is also (laughs) intimidation. Like did, did, did either of your families do anything like this with the whole, like, meeting of the person that you're, you're serious about and trying to intimidate them? Nope. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't have that myself. Although um, my husband loves telling the story uh, that my mother tells him um, on the night of our rehearsal dinner, uh, just so you know, uh, cast iron pans get harder when you're asleep. So you're going to take care of her. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
But other than that, like, I mean, she waited that long. There was, I never had that, but I know like some families, they do this whole, like, I'm going to flex and intimidate and just kind of show my kids a prospective partner, like that they have to take me seriously. And I don't understand it (laughs) because it's not going to change anything. It's really not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I can't imagine, as a parent, like, I can't imagine doing that because, like, I trust that my child will have good judgment. And I guess I was, when I chose my spouse, I was pretty sure I had good judgment, you know, and I didn't really want, I didn't desire my family's approval so much because I knew we were going to be all right. So, I, no, we... Oh, I got to do it. I got to do a little bit of a tiff to my oldest daughter who got married recently because her fiance never came up to me and tried to ask me or anything like that. Like, and I told, and I told her after I was like, it's not like he actually doesn't need my permission. (laughs) He just needs to like say, Hey, acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Acknowledgement, you know, and he's a nice guy. He's chatted with me chatted with me before this and you know ever since i've i've accepted him as my son we're all good but you know at the time i was kind of a fa- i was like so really nothing you're not going to have a talk with me about how things are gonna what what you're planning to do any of your goals whatever and mm-hmm. uh so i i i was quite bothered by that i you know, would have had a problem had my husband done that I and it, it it all depends on different relationships and so forth. You know, like some people, uh, for them, ha- getting the blessing or whatever is is really important to them. But I now let's also realize I got married at after thirty, so that changes things. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I got married. Uh, I think I was just thirty. Um, yeah, I was just 30. And, uh, so we were engaged when I was 29, whatever, but I had been out of the house for well over 10 years by then, you know, both Uh of us were, had our own, our own places. So it's a very different situation, but I would have very much not been okay with that. And, uh, to that point, um, we also like, I didn't get walked down the aisle by a parent. Uh, my husband and I walked down the aisle together. So, Everybody has a little bit of a different thing and you never know. I mean, she might have said don't. I don't know. I'm not yeah. speaking for oh, your no. daughter, but Oh no, no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here for a therapy session, quite honestly. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, uh but uh uh no, no. I I I I I've owned this many, many times before in the past on, on this podcast especially. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> I hate You're to, a romantic. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's like it's like you know, obviously I didn't like stand up at the wedding and go, hey, "Well, actually I didn't get asked a thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean like I think all the listeners know that at your core you're a romantic and like especially this whole, "All right, when are Luke and Laura like going to get together?" is adorable <laughs> because that's who you are. Like you're like, "I know what's happening here. This isn't a team thing. This is a we know what's happening thing. This is right. the one." <laughs> All right, where the hell we were at, we were trying to do golf here. Let me just oh, push yeah, through golf. here. This is like thirty-two minutes now. We've been chatting and uh, we haven't even gotten to Rory yet. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, the golfing happens. Uh, 
and uh, it's oh, and there's all this. Uh, he wants Luke to incorporate his oh, yes. business and franchise and get a shave and <laughs> like he just just he wants tells to him shave me. Yeah, he just yeah. tells him what he's gonna do. And also, he has to uh, read the Iliad and the Odyssey by the end of it. <laughs> I love there's one point where he's like, oh, so what are your hobbies? And he's like, oh, you know, and he turns to the caddy, give me a hobby, anything. Reading. Books? <laughs> I like reading. <laughs> um, so, yeah, by the end of it all, uh, he asks Lorelai, can we not hang out with your parents for a very long time? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, at the end of that, uh, Emily uh, yells at Richard about uh, getting involved and um, – of course, uh, Richard is very much, you know, uh, he's not good enough for Lorelai or to be uh, Rory's stepfather. So my plan is I'm going to better him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to invest in him, give him good credibility, uh, and then he'll be worthy to, you know, be able to be brought to all these social functions with Lorelai. And, you know, and uh, Emily uh, says he's absurd. And I love says, how they think they can still make decisions for Lorelai. Yeah. Like after everything, they're still trying to do the same thing that pushed her away. Right, right. I did write, poor Luke was Gilmored. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're trying to bring Luke into their upper, you know, upper class, into their class. So Lorelai will come into their class. Instead of just saying they're they're a beer kind of people, <laughs> let yep. them be a beer kind of people. Yeah. Oh, beer. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> all right. So let's move on to uh, Rory. Before uh, we move on, I just wanted two little notes, oh, sure, which sure. I don't know if you picked up on these things. One during the golf scene, the ADR was way off. Like he'd hit a ball, and then you'd hear <laughs> like five seconds later, whack, <laughs> killing me. Um, and uh. He was talking about how he has an art guy and he's got to look at Diebenkorn's. <laughs> so I had to look it up. It's an ex abstract expressionist printmaker. And it just looks like farms from like when you're flying over. Oh, boy. It's it's that's what it, that's what they look like to me. <laughs> so I just thought I'd throw that in there just because oh, it no, was fine. weird. Um, <sighs> so with Rory, she gets she goes along with the the black and. Blue Brigade, light, light, Life and Death Brigade, Life and Death Brigade, and uh, and then she gets blindfolded and she gets taken out to a camp. And this is uh, <laughs> I don't, I can't tell if this is cool or not. <laughs> like, is this something I totally love? I know, dig, or I know. Is this I keep I'm thinking like, these privileged a holes. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking if I was the child of a newspaper magnet. Would I be so bored and have so much money that this is what I would do? Yeah. And I'm not even sure what the show is trying to tell us. Like, are they trying to make us go, what the heck is wrong with these people? Or are they saying, hey, let's like give Rory something to kind of excite her, you know, to throw a little, uh, yeah, I think it is. I think that that's what it is. It's, um, Rory has been <coughs> small town Rory. Uh, in love with Dean, uh, you know, in, infatuated with Jess. Mm -hmm. uh, now here is, this is the real world. This is, 
something bigger than Stars Hollow. This is this this is what weirdos with money do. <laughs> I feel like the Life and Death Brigade is the epitome of privileged nonsense. <laughs> it, privilege and arrogance it drives me so up the wall because he says oh well you know you can't use our names we've broken laws and people want to come after us for property damages yeah you're a bunch of rich people that could pay for the damages that you create (laughs) but you just go and wreak havoc and how many normal like regular people who can't afford the damages have you messed up how many insurance rates have you screwed up they're probably just trying to keep that mystique they're trying to keep it people curious I think about that it they're so enough. rich that they don't even think about other people much like they didn't think about marty and they treated him <laughs> like like he was nothing not even it never occurred to them that this might be a classmate right right yeah that was definitely a really bad first impression i would say um, and honestly, like, like, where are all the people that set up those tents? Those tents, they did not set up themselves. Like, oh, no, they if, had people do that. Right. If they went out and this was like a Penzix type thing, you know, and they were doing like reenactments or whatever, that'd be one thing. But they're out here trying to live up the life of uh, a time when their social class had even more power. <laughs> uh, like, it just, it, it reeks, reeks of everything that... I hate. <laughs> and I have always had a problem with this. And everyone's like, no, they're fun. They're shaking Rory up. And I'm like, no, no, they're getting her infatuated with being selfish and uh, ignoring other people's feelings. Yeah, because that's okay. The whole idea of Logan, he his huge smile and his charm. He's so tra- he just like oozes charm. But it's, everything's just fun and games. Like, where is the, there's no seriousness. There's no realness to him. He just seems like so phony and fake. And like, when is the, the shoe going to drop? When is, when is that charm going to, when is he going to let down that charm? And what's going to be there behind all that? Logan is what Bruce Wayne would be if his parents never died. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I I am waiting for the other shoe to drop. And if they were giving me more of a hint of the people, or more of an explicit hint, I guess. I mean, they were, they were definitely snobby to Marty. Um, and yes, uh, you know, they definitely didn't set up those tents themselves. But... I wonder if we're, I, I'm, I'm assuming sometime this season we're going to f- eventually get like the other side of this. Like they're going to cause some sort of damage or they're going to take advantage of somebody and it's not going to be cool and it's going to test Rory in some way. Um, I'm assuming that's where it's going, but I don't know. I guess right now I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I think just watching this whole thing, I was just like, I was kind of put off a, a bit like you know, just talking in the language and stuff. But then I'm thinking, you know, it's like they're, it's like rich people rent fair or something. <laughs> like like they're just trying much. to cosplay and, 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 and nerd out about the things that they're nerding out about, which is, I don't know, uh, like uh, 
time when you could just murder elephants left and right. Uh, <laughs> mm. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, it all leads to, um, well, there's camping and then, um, that the next day there's, uh, there's a, kind of like a party. There's human skeet that are getting shot with paintballs. Um, See that actually, I don't have a problem with because they're all members of the life and death brigade. Yeah. Right. They're shooting each other. They're not right. shooting Marty's or exactly. <laughs> they're shooting Marty's. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, you know, Rory keeps waiting for like, is this the event? Is it? Nope. Not yet. Not yet. I have, I have one problem. Uh, Logan asks, gives Rory conditions to reporting and being there after he's already taken her there. Right. We don't get to lay conditions after the fact. That's not how this works. Uh, yeah, I see. I I feel like that spoke volumes to Logan. That gave him permission to mm-hmm. do whatever he wants to to Rory because she was like, "I'm all in. I don't care. Whatever you say." <laughs> yep. Like she thought she was flexing at the whole, no, you don't know my life. I'm not going to give you up a, a complication because that's what you're trying to get from me. Meanwhile, it was, no, you're just letting him do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. So we're brought to a bunch of scaffolding and a bunch of people have to go up there and jump off. And Logan keeps saying it's totally safe. And there's another guy there just like, yeah, it's totally safe. He's like, I think it's safe. <laughs> I, he said, I tested the potatoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, and Rory is not ready to do it, and Logan kind of pressures her. He's, he's like, you know, the the, be- the best writers, you know, he names off a bunch of examples, but the the ones that participate, you know, end up. Yeah, with a, like, the, um, oh, what's like Hemingway his name? was one of them. Yeah, and the guy that took all the drugs. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it turns out to be. It's not exactly a bungee jump, but it's just kind of like a lowering to the ground. You kind of jump and you're lowered to the ground with a rope in a way. Yeah, they had a safety harness. stretching a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But they jumped a long way. That was like... Yeah, I don't know if I do like that. That was like four, four uh, stories. And uh, they all had umbrellas. And I think my favorite part was when Rory screamed out, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Oh, that would have been great. (laughs) But yeah, that's where we get the you jump, I jump, Jack. And they hold hands and then they jump off. And, uh, you know, Robin's shipping corner is is open for business. I'm just just saying, uh, I I think I'm ready for this. I'm ready for a new relationship for Rory. (laughs) So the Team Logan people love this episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot love of people love this, this episode. episode. Hmm? Yes, a lot of people love this episode. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end for, for me. In my first, and while this was live, I stopped watching, I think somewhere in this season, because I just, or maybe next season, but this was the beginning of the end for me. And I was just out. I thought it was so stupid. <laughs> I hated it. I thought the stunt was dumb. And I still say to this girl, that trope of a guy buying a girl a dress and it being the right size Uh is creepy. Uh (laughs) That is creepy because I'm sorry, I can't buy a dress for myself (laughs) and know my exact size unless I use my own measurements and how's he getting those. So yeah, no, I just... 
to, to me, I think it was a, a lot more fun than the other, uh, the other two relationships she's been in. I, you know, there's been, uh, you know, Dean who turned from bookworm into, uh, I'm always angry. Uh, <laughs> and then there's, there's Jess who just was always angry. Um, and there were some sweet moments for the, both of them. Uh, but I don't know. This is definitely, I can see why this would be a, a huge episode for people that like this relationship or like Logan. Um, because it, it's just so unique to anything we've seen before. in Gilmore girls, you know, mm. uh, I mean, he's, he's very charming, but he's, it's just too charming. He's, he is just bordering on smarmy and yes. arrogant. And he's Carrie from the good wife. He's fine. I love the actor, <laughs> but I don't, but I agree 100% about that characterization. I also think that I think, well, one, they love writing their male characters inconsistent because, well, we want to go somewhere else. So let's change their character completely. Sure. Yep, why not? Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> That's annoying. Um, but I also think like maybe, maybe Daniel Palladino has like serious anger issues because <laughs> like every love interest gets super, super angry and, and sometimes violent and it's totally okay and there's there's one thing that i hear a lot when i listen to this uh podcast like earlier seasons stuff is like well dean's gonna get angry dean's gonna like rory's behavior is dictated on dean getting angry and it's like hmm hmm this is a theme yeah luke Uh, smashes up a car because he got angry that's how you know he felt something (laughs) Getting angry and smashing up a car is not romantic. Uh, no. Uh, I do like at the end, um, Lorelai and Roy are talking and she says she's going to de-stress Luke after his unhappy Gilmore outing. And I'm like, <laughs> how have we not done happy, happy Gilmore joke yet? Are you kidding me? Uh, but the episode ends with uh, Rory uh, musing over her photos of her and Logan jumping. Anyway, 45 minutes later, we're done with the first episode. And I'm telling <laughs> you, this new format is working out great for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try. I think I'm going to probably push through uh, uh, and not try to do it in so many details. Um, but uh, you guys let me know if you need. I, I mean, is there anything else in that episode that we haven't covered that you wanted to talk about? Nope. No. Nope. All right. The party's over. And we start, of course, with Lane. Uh, Lane feeding her clone Keon um and you know uh, f- first of all those those fries are looking good those oh, fries oh i know i could she... just smell them oh. and then and then uh she gives Keon uh chili fries and Keon is thanking god for everything and Lane is just like you could just thank god and y- y- you know uh, no yes no. she's very regimental like not you know just time. yeah I just wrote down, can we please have more Lane? Yes, I've seen the entire series. I just always want more Lane. More Lane and more Parrot. We see the newsstand and Amir is yelling at Zach uh, about reading without buying. And Zach is, you know, put back on his haunches by that a little bit. But then Mrs. Kim whirls on him and says he's a wild pig of filth and he's going to burn in hell, basically. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She just goes on and on and on Uh and scares him to death. Good. <laughs> no, you know why? I, like Mrs. Kim has lots of faults, but 
he and Brian basically went to her and said, no, no, just think of us like girls. We're not interested in your daughter. Right. Mm. So good for Mrs. Kim because he lied. Mm-hmm. True. He, he didn't actually lie, but because he didn't know he, he liked know her then. The time, but yeah. yeah, they hadn't written that yet. Right. Uh, so, of course, Zach is freaked out, especially because uh, Mrs. Kim is now like a witch doctor of some sort with 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 the Lord Jesus. Uh, she's she's cursed him to, to hell. And he says it's not cool. It's not rock and roll and that he doesn't do parents, which is always a, a great thing. We want to hear from your uh, yeah. the person you're you're with. You're like, yeah, but I don't do parents like, OK, yeah, okay, but everybody has parents. So deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that makes it. He's kind of the opposite of Luke there where he's like, I don't care to, you know, go through this dog and pony show of impressing your parents. And I'm going to make it all your fault because that's a cool thing to do. Well, Zach is an all in. (laughs) I mean, really, honestly, not many characters on this show measure up to Luke. Um, And uh, I'll just have spent five seasons getting ready to be in a relationship. (laughs) Exactly. He's, he's, He's put in the time. (laughs) <laughs> Zach just showed up yesterday I don't even know where he came from Alright so we go to Kim's Antiques And Lane uh, yells at Kian And um, and Kian Also thinks that Mrs. Kim is some sort of mystic Yeah because yeah, Lane is like look Kian Let me let you in on a secret She's not magic She doesn't have a timer in the television That, that tells her <laughs> yes. how long you've watched television She can't smell fast food on you She's, you gotta, you know, it took me all those years and I called her bluff and, uh, you're just going to have to, uh, you know, relax some and you've tattled on me and I won you over with fries and I fed you and we had a bonding experience and I can't believe you told on me. So, yeah, there's no, um, uh, there's no machine in the TV that tells her what you thought. (laughs) There's no, uh, there's no like uh, Lane. Lane and Zach don't have a sit down with Mrs. Kim or anything. That doesn't get resolved. But Lane kind of promises Keon that she's going to, you know, give her more of her wisdom if she's, I guess, does less reporting. I don't. Know. Uh, so we go to the uh, Lorelai. But anyway, she says that's oh. not cool that you tattled on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to the Lorelai side of things, and mm. uh, Liz and TJ have returned to the Hollow. They're moving. They're mo- they're, they He's start- an escrow. He's an escrow. 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 Coffee on the house. <laughs> Honestly, I have in my notes E S hyphen C A hyphen row. Escrow. I love that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I did enjoy that more this time than before. It's so uh, endearing. <laughs> TJ. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I really like him. I, yeah. I think it's a Deloise thing. I don't know. He's just so Yeah. Funny. The first time through this, this show, I hated him. Yeah. He was just too much, but. Like, I swear I have an uncle that acts just like. I have a soft spot for Deloise's. So yep. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be in love with all of them. I can't help <laughs> it. All the way up to Dom. I mean, really, I yeah. just. And it's really funny because they all start out hot, really, really hot. And then as they get older, they start turning into their father. Yeah. Uh. Well, Michael's like halfway between uh, Wayne's World super hotness uh, and, and Sequest. And, and 
and where he is now where if you if you look at him he looks a lot like his dad peter really uh. looks like his dad now but when they get older they're just like adorable you want to pinch their cheeks yeah i think it's an italian thing because like all italians like start to look alike when they get older, <laughs> like my dad looks like Danny DeVito. Years ago, my dad looked nothing like Danny DeVito, but now he he does. <laughs> Wait, does that mean you're going to look like Danny DeVito? Probably, because I look like my dad. I'm built just like him. <laughs> oh, I love you, Steph. <laughs> uh, so, so what's also going on in the background here is that. Uh, uh, Lorelai has found out from uh, Liz how great of a of a cook Luke is, not just with diner food, but with paella, pa- 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 gumbo, lasagna, and Luke all my favorite foods. To make, Risotto, uh, make her yeah. the Art- most amazing meal of her life. Artichokes. Yeah. There is a joke about the Luke and a Mountie hat that never gets paid off, though. Uh, oh my god, so. I love it, and I have written down I love. I love Luke and Liz's patter. Yeah. The the way they relate to each other is so like that chemistry is so good. I'm so glad that that she's there now. And when Luke and Lorelai are just together, like they're not even being romantic, they're just like in the same room and dating. Right. They are so cute. They are. They're just perfect. Um Lorelai arrives into Luke's apartment in my dreams uh in a French maid outfit. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's wearing it over other clothes. So, I mean, we're, we'll have to work on that Gilmore Girls. Um, okay, okay, but wait. When she takes off the apron, that top, that red top is everything. <laughs> I have a note about it being stunning. It's a s- scoop red top with, like, cuts in the sleeves, and uh-huh. it is just perfect, and I would wear the heck out of that, and I would, I think everyone would look beautiful in that, and that top is amazing. Uh, Lorelai is impressed by Luke's cooking Says she thought the perfect man was Kelsey Grandma Grammar Grandma <laughs> Grammar And now uh, Now she thinks it's Luke And uh, And uh, I wrote Brought candles and Clooney I don't know what I need Oh oh She brought candles And Rosemary Clooney Yeah yeah Yes um, And also he gets her Little rascals joke <laughs> So <laughs> But of course uh, TJ shows up Super upset uh, oh, the honeymoon is over. Yeah, <sighs> and uh, so there's this like it, it's like a perfect like let's make Luke anxious scene, which is TJ is now in his personal space having an emotional breakdown. Also, Lorelai is being insta- asked to stir sauce, and she doesn't know how, and <laughs> <laughs> requires constant instruction on how to do it. <laughs> You can't mess it up. <laughs> so it's just like back and forth. And I'm just like, he is going to explode. <laughs> By the way, this is the downside of uh, dating that manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> she can't even stir sauce. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, worth it. Uh, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so dinner is super awkward. We see in the next scene that. Like Luke is eating and we just see TJ moping behind him over his shoulder. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, Ten more minutes. Uh, Lorelai gets a call. We'll get into that later. Um, but um, yeah, Liz shows up to get TJ out and they end up locking themselves in the bathroom and fighting with each other. And Luke and Lorelai listen to them argue. And Luke says, we're going to have to try again tomorrow and sends her home with the cheesecake, which is just 
that that's like hearts and eyes for Lorelai. And uh, then he says, thank you for not being related to me. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> and uh, the end of my notes for this, this whole thing is just like, he, he is such a good guy that he sends his, uh, his, uh, his girlfriend home with a cheesecake and doesn't just simply leave with her. <laughs> Cause I think that's probably what I'd be like. I'd be like your place. <laughs> Yeah, let's go to your place where there's nobody. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Exactly what I'd be doing. Uh, but Luke is like, you know, he's a good guy and he's going to make sure that they, they, they end their argument and get out and go home. And yeah. Uh, so back on the Rory side of things. Uh, so we start with uh, uh, Gilmore dinner um, with Richard opening dinner. Like he's ruining the, the, the arrangement, which is he's now giving them apps <laughs> so, uh, which angers Emily because that's going to fill them up before they actually have dinner. So if Emily ends up force feeding them out of spite. <laughs> I have a problem with this. Okay. Oh, yeah. Number one, by the way, the barbecue looked really good, oh, but yeah. number two, um, we've seen them eat three Thanksgiving dinners. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. Oh, suddenly they're full. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Emily finds out about Dean uh, when he Oh, the guy calls. who built you a car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Emily's just simply asking if he, she's if, if Rory's happy with him. And um, let's see. What else happens? Okay, so uh, Emily then tells could Richard you imagine, to talk. Yeah. Could you imagine if Emily knew that Dean had recently been married? <laughs> I know. I was waiting for that to happen. I was like, oh, God. Well, if you think that's bad, here are the circumstances in which Rory is back with her old boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask you something. I wanted an answer from each of you about last episode. I totally forgot. Do you guys think that Logan made Rory jump? (laughs) Made her jump? I think they both grabbed hands and ran off together. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not off? saying there's a right or wrong. This is one of those debates in the fandom, right? Oh, I mean, well, he, oh, pressured, he pressured her. her? Doing it, yeah, but uh, I think she was all in for the for the experience. I don't think he pressured her necessarily. All right, cool. I just figured I'd ask because that is one of those like fandom debates, and I'm sure people listening are like, I want to know what did they think. Yeah. No, no, I think I like she wasn't going to do it. He pressured her and she decided to do it. Um, But I think it's because um, she thought what he was saying, you know, like made sense to her. And I I think Logan wants her to to cut loose a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. Like he, he doesn't seem to be trying to date her at this point. So. Uh, it does seem very platonic, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, it seems like he's like, oh, you're one of us. You just don't know it. Yeah. You're Richard and Emily's granddaughter. You're one of us. In. I'm going to pull you into this world. Right. Yeah. All right. So we go to the Yale dining area and yeah, Paris is really perturbed because she thinks all the older professors are staring at her now. Oh my God. (laughs) So she says, you sleep with one old guy and suddenly everyone thinks you're Catherine Zeta Jones. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, but Catherine Zeta-Jones only slept with one old guy. Yeah. She married him. They're still together, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, I don't know if they meant it to be as funny because it it is exactly the same situation or if it's more of uh, their writing where they're like, oh, I'm totally going to, you know, uh, slut shame or shame other women yeah. and, and not think there's anything wrong with it. But they've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were saying, oh, isn't it funny that Paris thinks she's as attractive as Catherine Zeta-Jones? Oh, gosh. Oh, I hope they didn't God, think that I way. hope that's not what they meant. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, Richard and Emily both call together, and they're so cheery and happy. And they're inviting Rory to a Yale alumni event, and it just sounds like they're getting along. So, And it's mm-hmm. so it like, really gets Rory excited, you know? They look like they're getting along, too. Yes. Working together for mm-hmm. Rory. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of, like... Um, some of the old uh, episodes, like there's that, uh, it used to be part of the main credits where like they each come from one side and kiss her on the cheek while she's eating. Right, oh, when right. she, that's when she decides she's going to Yale. Right. Yes, that's it. <laughs> um, it, it just, it, it feels like their old spark is there, you know? Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it, but I think it's like, they just know how to do it so well that it was very yeah. easy for them to act Yeah, because they want to, they want her to think that it's it, like, it, it, it's something that, you know, she'll be able to do with them together. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Rory promises Lorelai that she'll visit uh, uh, Lorelai after. And Lorelai is like, hmm. But um, then we go to the back room of Deuces. Deuces? Deuces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Deuces. Uh, it says Deuces. Uh, so I don't know how else to pronounce that. I think the E at the end is like a. E sound. It should be two E's or an EY. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, if you want me to say O, don't write your O's like they say, they, they're pronounced OO. Okay, but you've heard Taylor say his name. Yeah. So there you go. Like, are they going to hang me on the hosey? <laughs> they're going to hang me from the hosey? Uh, <laughs> anyway, different languages like, have different pronunciations. Or, I'm saying hosey. There is a I name should, up here. No see. That's the joke right there. Sorry. There there is a name up here. It's Lafave. There's no V. <laughs> <laughs> but it's French, so it's a V. Right, right. Uh let's see. Da, 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 da. So, Dean yeah. and Rory are having a dinner because they can never they can't get their schedules to collide. Right. I was like, connect. wow, they're actually hanging out together. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, so we've been doing this like episode after episode about them having to cancel plans with each other. And then we find out that Rory put out the story about the life and death brigade and wants some criticism. And guess what folks Dean has like zero criticism. He just is a dull dull and says it was good. I was interested. I don't know how to write. I can't critique you. You're the writer. (sighs) Meanwhile, you guys could have literary arguments in season one. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, we're stacking the deck much. (laughs) Uh, so we get it set up with Dean is going to come pick her up after the party. I'm like, Oh, Hey, here we go. Uh, so we go to the, the party. Emily yells at the caterer to look at Rory's pretty look at, dress. Look how good she looks. Look at her. Look. <laughs> and then gets her spruced up hair done. Oh yeah. But my hairdresser's upstairs. Go up there and let her do something to your hair just for fun. You're not good enough right now. I'm going to fix you. They literally put her into a tiara. (laughs) Um, 
and uh, and then Audrey Hepburn comes down the stairs and is being shown off by Grandma and Grandpa, and uh, and Rory just starts looking around like all these rich people and their sons, <laughs> hmm. mm. <laughs> and they're playing dumb about like, do your alumni friends have any daughters? Like, oh yeah, of course. I think they there's one around, and then we. Later, we find Rory uh, surrounded by boys talking about engines. And so that's when Rory calls Lorelai. And, uh, like, Lorelai doesn't even know what's going on, but immediately is like, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) I told you so. Uh, And Lorelai offers advice how to escape. And Rory says, no, she's going to wait out, wait, hold out until Dean picks her up. I'm like, Rory, do you know, Dean? (laughs) Like, do you know? What you're setting, the, like you're completely setting this up for disaster. Um, so, and of course, Lorelai is trying to get through the Emily, and Emily's just it. It seems like her catering service, the maids, and all that have been instructed to just completely block her call. Mm, I think so. Uh-huh. That's uh, how you Gilmore. Yes. So, really douchey guy tries to chat up an uncomfortable Rory when Logan suddenly swoops in. And pretends that he's the boyfriend and uh, rescues her. And then Richard catches him talking together. And he's like, ah, <laughs> I see she's in capable hands. <laughs> really um, douchey boy looks like he knows why he's there. Yes. Where some of the other boys didn't get it. Right. And then he's like, well, you guys are together. Then what am I doing here? Right. You know, like he just hangs a nail on it. He's like, look, <laughs> I need these connections. I would like to start working with Richard. Uh, you're pretty. <laughs> let's let's figure this out. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Logan and his chums that I guess I'm supposed to know their names, but I think one's name is Finn. Um, uh huh. And I keep losing track of who they are. Each of them. Uh, so yeah, who's the British too. one. That's Finn, right? That's Finn? Possibly. Okay. It's Colin and Finn. And there's Colin three of them, but it's Colin and Finn. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the youngs uh, hang out at the pool house and blare their emo rock and drink Richard Scotch. And uh, and guess what, guys? Logan has some actual criticism about Rory's article. <laughs> and uh, and then has this whole thing where he lines up all his, his buddies up for Rory to decide which is going to be her boyfriend. It's a very, uh, uh, diamonds are a girl's best friend set up here. <laughs> and, uh, then Rory realizes, Oh, it's like 15 minutes ago. Dean was supposed to be here to pick me up. I should go out there and, and guess who gets annoyed and upset by Rory coming out with a, uh, a flock of boys. And he says, what am I doing here? I don't belong here anymore. Do I? How typical. How, what a surprise. <laughs> Not surprised at all. No. Um, Here's the thing, though. Here's the th- my, my argument. In the last episode, when she's reviewing the pictures, she's listening to a phone call from Dean, and she's not paying attention. Yeah. And she does not care that she missed that date. When you're dating somebody and their messages are kind of annoying, like a chore to listen through, yeah, that's a sign it's time to break up. Right. I really feel like she made him come pick her up. I don't think she knew what was going on, but 
I think like him showing up to the Gilmore house and taking her out early was like a subconscious move of, look, I kind of screwed up your marriage. I can't dump you after that. So I've got to make <laughs> right. it so that you want to no longer be with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I only am in love with you because you were my first love and I yeah. can't, I can't let go. Like, it's over these past few episodes, it's obvious it's really difficult to make this relationship work. They're long, di- you know, they're apart, they're in different cities, and the whole parents thing, and he lives with his parents, and he doesn't have a car most of the time. Like, it's really difficult for them to get together. And why are you still putting effort into this? Why don't you just give it up? Just let go. You but- just won't because you've, I don't know. The spark that she was feeling last year is gone. Right. Like she she had a spark, but really the actuality, there's a difference between attraction, a spark, energy and chemistry and all that, and an actual relationship. And in reality, they are in different worlds and she doesn't have time for him. And honestly, I mean, like she ignores Lane and that's fine because they're friends and and, and, you know, they know that they'll always be there for each other. And there's always times when, you know, you're not able to see your friends and stuff. But when you're dating somebody, you can't just go, oh, well, I'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, unless you live in different countries. Um, but I, I just think that, you know, she was so excited by the beginnings of the relationship and everything else. But in reality, it's not fun. That's not who she wanted to date. He has no intellectual feedback for her. He has nothing going for him. He's working, but he has nothing that he cares about. Now, Dean, still in college, able to talk to her about things. That might have been a different story. Right. But he dropped out. Uh, never, and that does not impress Rory. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's sad. Um, we I do have to give credit to the show for actually uh, not just moving on with Logan <laughs> and completely forgetting about Dean. Yeah, but wrapping yeah. their relationship up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I I keep thinking that uh, he's Jared Padalecki is now off to go into supernatural t- time, uh, but who knows? Maybe he'll pop back up again and stare jealously across uh, a room at you know, her and Logan at one point. I, I have no idea. So Robin, you, you watch Supernatural? I, I did. I did for a while. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when they go to uh, the, the, the studio tour when they go to the movie set? No, I don't. I don't okay. I don't. So there's just really cute scene and you should totally check it out. Um, they're on like uh, the movie studio, the backlot tour, and they're sitting on like one of those little trolleys, yeah. and they're looking at stuff, and 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 Dean and Sam are talking to each other, and then you hear, and if you look left, you can see the set of Stars Hollow. Hey, maybe <laughs> if we're lucky, we might get to actually see one of the cast. And Jared Pedalecki looks around, all nervous, and goes, "Let's let's get out of here," and they step uh, off. <laughs> right I need- bed. I need to see that video in our group. Please post it. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Because uh, I guarantee I saw that episode, but did not even put two or two together. Well, and I think you were probably on that tour. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, 
So, um, yeah, Lorelai finally gets a hold of that. Oh, Emily. and can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Uh, I believe Jared Padalecki's like best performance this entire season is the what am I doing here? Yeah. I actually yeah. believed he had emotions. Yeah. Right. Other than angry. Yeah. Yeah. He looked heartbroken. I know. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It definitely, you know, it reminds him of the, I think it reminded him of, uh, you know, the dance that they went to and mm-hmm. Tristan and also, you know, how what? she ended up. Why would Matt Zuckery remind him of Chad Michael Murray? <laughs> I don't get it. They look awful similar. Uh, and the characters are identical. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Logan is much more likable. Um, anyway. You didn't know him in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, anyway, uh, Emily does not uh, feel any shame, of course, about this whole thing and says that Rory's in a new phase of her life and needs to be exposed to other people. And, uh, and they say that, you know, even the Lorelai is like, she has, she has a boyfriend. It's like, so what? He's not good enough for her. And, um, and Emily even says it's, it's too late for you, but not for her. It's like, we're back Uh, to this old old thing again. Uh huh. And then, uh, yeah. And Lorelai probably looking through the window to her past, uh, uh, sees Rory getting out of a, out of a limo and looking a little, sauced i think mm. and I, I yeah i think that that really bothers lorelei because she's like oh here we go this is exactly what happened to me um so yeah we'll yeah. see what happens my parents have gotten their claws into her what <laughs> that's what she's thinking yeah that's what oh, she's thinking my parents have the gilmores have gotten their claws into rory <laughs> i thought you said my parents have have gotten their closet tour <laughs> like your are what are you referring to? Claws. Claws. Okay. Emily says hello, which, God, that title did not pay off as good as I thought it was going to. Because I, I came up with a great episode <laughs> where Pendle and Lot got <laughs> uh, But no. Uh, all right. So the first thing I have here to talk about is uh, Sookie and Jackson. It's just basically uh, Jackson having to um, – it's, it's the classic uh, – Pregnancy plot. Oh, Suki's got all Jackson. Of- yeah, Suki's got all these cravings, but Jackson can't go in the grocery store because everybody wants a piece of Jackson, the selectman. Right. Suki's crying all over a People magazine. She just found out about Elizabeth Hurley and Hugh Grant, <laughs> <laughs> which was years before. Apparently, I don't know. Now, now we'll get into this plot late, uh, you know, later. But uh, I do love how clunk. I don't love, but I just laughed at how clunky this like whole segue is where um uh Suki uh thinking about her pregnancy all of a sudden is just like I remember how Brandy handled her pregnancy and it's like oh you mean Sherry? Yeah Sherry and Laura lies like I wonder how she is or I wonder or starts wondering about what uh, uh how Christopher is and uh I'm like that is such a clunky like why would Suki yeah. of people be thinking about Sherry? <laughs> Yeah, and then later on, Lorelai has to, like, say it, or, you know, what am I trying to say? She has to explain it step by step <laughs> to Christopher again, and it's like, oh, it's even worse the second time. It's very contrived. <laughs> yes. And and it shows us that Lorelai really wasn't thinking about Christopher. She's just happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and then later, uh, Jackson is threatened by some huge scissors and then gets tricked into going into a town meeting that he did not want to be a part of. And, um, and yeah, it, it was during the scene where I was like, how did I never realize that the town meeting was always in Miss Patty's? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why I never put that together, but duh. Yeah. <laughs> it makes total sense. And I love that Kirk makes like a scissor motion. <laughs> I love that they trapped him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that is towny nonsense. I am here for. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, uh, there's a little bit of Yale stuff. Uh, just basically Paris f- fasting for Ramadan and um, Marty bringing in hors d'oeuvres. What religion is anti leftovers? And then later, <laughs> Paris is eating everything, and then. Towards the end of the episode, um, Rory and Marty are studying together and she finds out – she tells him about her and Dean breaking up and makes a Peyton Place reference. <laughs> Something oh, that Jesus. I Rory Gilmore would always be watching, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, uh, and then falls asleep just as Marty is like, so about that breakup. Uh-huh. Marty has been friend-zoned. Oh, he's so friend-zoned. The seeds are here. But honestly, Marty, you never made any intention other than friendship. Right. This yeah. you you can't be upset when the girl that you have really gone after platonically is is sees you as a friend. Like I, I, he needs to listen to Doctor Nerd Love a little bit and realize that this is all his own doing. <laughs> uh, the next uh, segment of this episode, I entitled Lorelai and Rory try to solve Emily and Richard. So, um, they did a bad parent trap. <laughs> yes. I love this. This whole thing starts off with Lorelai talking to Rory on the phone at Luke's and she's found the loophole because she's on the phone, but she's on Luke's phone and she's behind <laughs> the counter and you don't need permission to be on the phone, you know, in Luke's if you're the girlfriend and then Luke, boots her from behind the counter for insurance reasons. But you notice that he didn't take the phone from her. And hang nope. Up. Yeah. I love all the Luke and Lorelai dating diner scenes. <laughs> they are just so cute. Yeah. I think because, I love it more now. Yeah. All these seasons you were like, I can't, be- I can't wait to when Luke and Lorelai get together and she gets like, you know, perks because they're dating and then, yeah. and they get to kiss in the middle of the diner and it's finally here. It's finally like happened. all those cutesy things that she did before, like just really annoyed him. And now he's just like falling in love with her every time she does something stupid. Mm-hmm. So cute. Uh, and yeah, I do. I'm very heartened by the fact that, you know, there's so many like, will they, won't they's and they don't like putting the will they, won't they's together, you know, from so many times when, it's just not as fun when they actually do. <laughs> and, but you know, they are Luke, Luke and Lorelai are presently doing and uh, th- it's still fun. It's still fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So- they're past the awkward phase. And they're now in the very comfortable. Yeah. It's just, you enjoy every date they go on every moment that they're together. Mm-hmm. So Rory wants to divide and conquer. And, um, so she is going yeah, to Yeah, she says she says you take him, I'll take her. Uh. And she <laughs> says, "Okay, you take her, I'll take him." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh Rory 
they so basically they show up fr- the, the Friday dinner and they don't they're, they're not telling Richard and Emily until they actually get there. So Richard has no idea that he'd have to feed Rory. And I just always assumed the maid brought dinner over for him when she cooked the meals. And no, he's got like nothing. And apparently his valet doesn't shop often. But yeah. Do. So like, what does he eat? Yeah, I don't know. Does he go out to the club? I don't. Yeah. Well, they end up having frozen pizza. And uh, meanwhile, Emily's just not ready for drinks. <laughs> like the, it's not stocked. I'm assuming it should be stocked. You know, does she only drink when uh, <laughs> when Lorelai's over? I don't know. Is there. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Emily should have had a beer. Uh, so, uh, and, and I love this whole like awkward Lorelai's just like a- Emily sitting next to Lorelai. I mean, she's used to Emily being in a different chair and I don't know. Um, but Emily knows that Richard is moving on because they went to an event together and he didn't offer her the butter dish. And so that means a lot to her. And then Emily says that she's ready for a date and Lorelai nearly has a choking fit. That was so cute. <laughs> yeah, I, that's bad because she came there to get them back together. And that's the, you know, mm-hmm. the opposite of what she was expecting to hear. So Emily wants a step-by-step on uh, finding a man. And uh, so later Rory's completely appalled by this and <laughs> blames Lord. And this line, I was like, ouch. She says, I don't hate you. I can't hate the pathetic. <laughs> To her mother. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, I think it's so funny that they have two different approaches. Like, Rory is very subtle and he can see right through it and everything. And then Lorelai's like, so you guys getting back together or not? Okay, I tried. Right. Uh, So, yeah, later in the episode, Emily calls in a panic and she's got a date with Simon McClellan. And uh, she used Lorelai's advice for dating, which is just go say hello to somebody. (laughs) <laughs> um and so Lorelai it's a arri- line <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai arrives and I noted that she made a Butterfield 8 reference which I was like oh, okay all right yes here we go that's uh Elizabeth Taylor yes. yes it's a really good movie if you haven't seen it I've never seen it no she's a prostitute <sighs> and something like that She's a, a very subtle 1960s yeah. prostitute. She, it, like, 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 uh, very much like uh, Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know? You oh, have no. to read between the lines. Yeah, yeah. we're just dating. <laughs> they give me money for the powder room. Uh, but there's this nice little moment where Lorelai's just like, no, seriously, is this really what you want to do? And Emily says that she does. And so Lorelai just kind of helps her out after that. So, well, you know, you can't, you can't force them back together. They don't want to be together. Right. I I have thoughts on Emily's motivations, but I'm going to save it till the end. Okay. And there's not much more. Emily goes out, eats with Simon. Um, He's, he's a nice guy. He seems to be nice. Uh, Happy that she said hello to him. And, and then she decides to get more wine. Like, why not? And then later he drops her off. There's no, there's no kiss. Um, but Emily looks really, really happy um, when he's dropping her off. And then she goes inside and in her foyer, she starts to cry. Yep. Yeah. That's so my sad. thoughts here, Emily has decided that it's over and 
The next thing for a woman in her position to do is she needs to start dating. She can't be the woman that was left and had no other prospects. This is survival because her whole life or most of her life, she has been Mrs. Richard Gilmore. Right. Which is why this patriarchal nonsense needs to go away. Um, (laughs) And her whole life has been she's his wife. And, you know, like, remember when she got so upset that Dipper wanted or Digger or whatever his name is, <laughs> wanted to do uh, this Atlantic City thing that did not involve her. Right. Because her whole life, like, she sets up the parties. It's all about, you know, the dinner parties that that's what the wife does, that the wife is just as involved as everything else. And this is her whole life. And if she doesn't have that, what does she have? So she needs to think about her survival and she needs to think about, all right, so who's my next husband going to be? And she just feels so alone and, and, and forced when she comes to the end of this date, like even though she, yes, she's having fun with him, but this isn't what she wants. This is making her so sad because she can see how easy it would be to slip into that next relationship, how easy it would be to move on. And I think this shows us she doesn't want to move on. And it's just, it makes her so much more upset about losing him. And right. and that's why she cries. Yeah. I, and it, I feel so bad for her. Yeah. But it, like you said, it's, it's survival. And so she, and she feels like it's survival. So she is putting herself out there. Um, but she's also doing this while also uh, mourning her relationship. I mean, it is yeah. like a death in the family that, that is huge. Um, it got me thinking, about like, what is Emily without Richard? And all of a sudden I just thought, what, like, what do we know about Emily? (laughs) Like we know about Richard's Mm -hmm. family. We know about his money that he, like, does she come from money? Does she? Well, she went to Smith. So that'll tell you something. Okay. What does that tell you? Yes. It tells you that she likely came from money. Okay. (laughs) What is Smith? Oh, it's a, uh, liberal arts college. Uh, in, in, in the area, I believe it has ties to Yale, um, before women were accepted at Yale. Uh, I believe it, it, I don't know if it's still an all women's school, but I believe originally it was all women. Um, and, uh, before women were allowed to go to Yale, like they would go to Smith and that was basically their Yale. Mm-hmm. So it's, and, and they that, married Yale men. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very much, you know, part of the whole thing. Like, uh, I think, what is it? Oh, shoot. I can't remember. There's another one for Harvard, um, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But, you know, to be a Smith girl was, was something at one point. Um, but, uh, we know that she's in the DAR. Yeah. So we know that her family has been oh, yeah. around since the revolution. Right. Because you have to prove that not only were you was your family in the country, but that they actually were part of the revolution. Mm. So that somebody in your ancestry fought. Yeah, like we haven't seen any sort of uh, brothers or sisters. Nope. Parent? Parents, yeah. Nothing. Wow. I mean, we got tricks, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's Richard's mother, yeah. but... Hmm. 
Well, hopefully we'll have more in the future. And her only child was named after Richard's side, so... Yeah. And her only grandchild as well. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, the last segment of the episode, of this episode that I wrote down, I, I titled The Christopher Problem. And <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Lorelai... Uh, well, first we get the preamble that there's something... Michelle is worried about the bathrobe bandits. Uh, They're here. <laughs> steal the bathrobes. We have to keep an eye on them or kick them right out, whatever. Um, so uh, Lorelai calls Christopher and he starts just going, oh, no, everything's good. And uh, I, I I swear I didn't I didn't call you for any other reason before than because I was desperate. <laughs> That's it. But then he all of a sudden gets talked into coming to have lunch with Lorelai at the Dragonfly and to bring um, uh, daughter Gilmore Girls to uh to visit <laughs> okay so the beginning of the call christopher does very well <laughs> he he does he's keeping his distance he's not trying to do anything and then after he apologizes and said i was desperate and all that other stuff then she's like oh it's no big deal i mean we we should get together sometime now this is when he should say you're yeah we should I'll, you know that would be <laughs> yeah. great you don't say I'm visiting my parents on Saturday. Yeah. Because you know, while while she did call him and yes, she said we should get together, she was not inviting him for anything specific and he ended up doing exactly what Rory didn't want. So, shall we talk about Christopher's intentions now or I don't think he's fully <laughs> intentional yet. I think he's just being Christopher. Which is a problem. Which is... So what? what is your definition of uh, just being Christopher? Just being Christopher is he lives his life. He doesn't think about the uh, implications of what it has to uh, either Rory or Lorelai. Because, you know, this is a person who has let them down often, has disappeared from their lives many times. Right. Um, you know has all the best plans in the world and oh i'm here we're gonna hang out we're gonna do all these wonderful things and then you don't see them for a while and we could say that this is oh no it's just because they didn't pay the actor and they didn't want to bring him in but rory cites it later it's a pattern in his character hmm. he is you know yes he was willing to step up and marry her but there's a difference there's like there's in between marrying somebody that you got pregnant and not being a part of raising your child. Like there <laughs> yeah. are stages between there. And even if she's like, it's okay, I got this. You still make the effort. <laughs> he didn't try to make the effort. I have no sympathy for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm usually a, a huge fan of Christopher's, but now we've got, you know, Lukalai going on, I'm like, no, 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 you can just go away now. <laughs> I think I feel the same way as Rory. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. no You're no. too charming. <laughs> you... Rory was fine with him before right. coming back into the life. But as soon as there's the option to have Luke, it's like, no, 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 no. I would much rather Luke than my dad. <laughs> Which is sad. <laughs> I have a question for you, uh, Robin, since we're talking about Christopher and, and the history. If and and knowing your history, was is there anything that would make it so that you wouldn't see your kids 
for six months, a year or longer? Uh, no, no. I, yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I was, I was going to say distance is one thing. I mean, I currently live three hours away from my oldest, but still like if it got to be like six months, I'd be like, no, no, no. I demand you come here or I demand to see you. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. guess that this, uh, pandemic is probably one of the longer times you've been away from your daughter. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fact, I'm always, oh, I'm sorry, Robin, go ahead. I was just going to end that off by saying like, matter of fact, like the one thing when I had a conversation with my oldest, when this thing first started going down, I was like, can you please just come home? <laughs> like, just come Aww. home. Uh-huh. You can live here for a while. I, we're going to all be shut in for a while, but we, I, I would prefer you nearby. And then I had to pretty much make her promise like, okay, if it really gets bad though, like you need to come home. So, but, but yeah, I've always, I've always just wondered what goes on in a dad's mind. Are there, are they like, well, they're just better off without me. I'm, or they really don't need a dad. Like what, how did they justify in their mind? Like, yeah. how do they, they're just I, too busy. They're too busy with their own life wrapped up in their own yeah, problems yeah. in life to uh, make the effort. Like they don't make the effort. Like they're, they're a Zach. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only time I can foresee that, oh, they're better off without me is I'm a drug addict and I'm just going to bring them down with me right. and mm-hmm. I'm not on rec- in recovery yet. Okay, yeah, your kids are better off without you. But I mean, there's very few times that just just show up, just let them know that you care. You know, I mean, I I come from a large family. I have no children of my own, but I have a few brothers, uh, two brothers at least, that are single dads and I do not understand how anyone could just not be a part of their kids' lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know somebody who he's been married several times, has several children from different marriages, and I guess he acts like he's 19 years old. It's all I can figure <laughs> is he just thinks that he's he's a kid too, and and now he's got grandkids and he does this like I just I I don't know if he's just all wrapped up in his own world. Is he not part of their lives? No, he'll, he, there's, he has kids that he hasn't seen in years and years that he didn't have anything to do with while they were growing up. And I, yeah, I just, I don't, I I don't get it. I don't know. All right. Well, we got to keep talking about this. (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, back to Christopher now. As Sherry running off to Paris and just leaving her six month old infant that's insane right there. Yeah. That does not happen. That does not happen. When it does, it's very sad. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so, yeah. Christopher gets the tour. And then we start with lunch with uh, uh, him and, and, and Lorelai and, and Gilmore Girls, which I thought – who I thought was a doll for a moment there. Like they weren't putting the camera on the baby at all and they could only see the back and they didn't seem like the arm was moving. <laughs> could but be possibility. Then, then they did other shots. Like they did show the baby and then all of a sudden they did other shots from behind and the arm was moving. So I'm like, maybe, maybe those op- they needed some opening shots that they didn't have the baby for. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, they're kicking themselves for writing this story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it, we got a kid now. Um, so 
Christopher does commend her, says he's proud of her, and then – which is you know, like a real nice moment between the two of them. And then Rory and walks in and uh, – Oh, I love it. She walks in. Hey, mom. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh. No poker face. Right. <laughs> uh, and Christopher, after Lorelai, steps away because the bathroom bandits have been apprehended at the front counter. <laughs> uh, Christopher swears it wasn't his idea. It's a Rory, which yeah, like you like you explained, yeah, but he definitely just left himself open for it, um, and then gets mad at Rory for making these demands on her because uh, on him because uh, uh, they have a friendship and he's free to chat with her if he wants to, you know, um, and then uh, you know, so it kind of comes to a standstill, and then when Lorelai comes back and gives the story about the bathrobe bandits to Christopher gets no reaction. That's when Chris like kind of flees with the baby. And that's when, uh, Rory goes, it gets to be straight up with Lorelai about, um, how this is reminding her of, uh, what happened before. And, uh, even cites, uh, the Max incident. Yep. Uh, and makes, this is one of those things where Lorelai, is told by another character like, yeah, but why are you doing this? And she's like, wait a second. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, she's like, well, what did, what did, what does Luke think about you having lunch with Chris? And Lorelai lies. He obviously lies and says he doesn't care. And uh, yeah. And then and it's not- go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was nothing. nutty. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not like it slipped her mind to tell Luke because she lies about it so easily. Yeah. Um, my next note for this story is we're outside Sookie's place. Before and- we get there, I'm sorry. Oh, God. I did have uh, just a couple of notes. Uh, before Rory shows up, uh, Chris is totally falling for Lorelai. And it's because she's happy. Yeah. Uh, Very attractive. Yeah. When she's ready and available for him, he's not interested, but she's happy. She's successful. She's living her dream. Mm. She's with the guy of her dreams. Everything about her is just so happy. There's no ulterior motive. There's no awkwardness because she's in a good place. And that's what makes him fall for her. And you can see him falling for her. Like, I actually think the actor is doing a really good job because you can totally see it happening. Um. But I'm with Rory. She asked Christopher to stay away. She asked for, as she said, she asked for one thing. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't do it. And honestly, he's angry at her because he knows he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And he knows that, you know, she, anytime she's ever wanted anything, he couldn't provide it. Couldn't even get her a dictionary, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was a really expensive dictionary, but still. <laughs> he offered and he couldn't do it. Um, and she's right because Lorelai hadn't told Luke. <laughs> Uh, so I'm yeah. with Rory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I almost think like both Christopher and Lorelai are just, they unconsciously fall into this. I think they, and both they're bad are, for each other. Yeah. And, and so like, I guess I'm okay. I'm, I'm good with Rory making, making these demands, but I just, I'm not a big fan of her like saying like he has to do this and she has to listen. And I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think they should – she should point out to them that they are wrong for me, for each other and they're falling in this pattern again and why – and calling to attention of like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But to say like, dad, you are not to talk to mom or ask her for anything. Um, I don't know. I'm, I think that's a bit too much. 
Um, I think it's okay in the sense that they don't have a typical father-daughter relationship. And it's more along the lines of, look, if you want me, if you want to have a relationship with me, we can do that. But I need you to not have a relationship with my mom. Right. And you're bad for her. And I need you to stay away. And I totally get that. And he may not be happy with that demand, but I, I do kind of feel like sometimes kids get the uh, the prerogative to be a little selfish <laughs> in the sense that, look, you're bad for my mom and I I can't support you and I can't have a good relationship with you if you're if I know that you're trying to screw things up with her. And I'm I, I don't know. I'm OK with that. I'm less okay with her telling Lorelai what to do because they have a typical, not a typical mother daughter relationship, but they have a real relationship. I am okay with her saying, yeah, but mom, you know, there's something wrong because you didn't tell Luke, um, except she lies. Uh, but I don't think that she can tell Lorelai who she can and can't see, but I do think that she can put conditions on her dad who has not been there. Right. She has that power position, you know? Um, All right, so later Lorelai tries the bathrobe bandit story on Luke. <laughs> and she tells and, it even worse. And then to slips in the fact that she was with Chris. Um, and then Luke kind of gives an okay and then wanders into the kitchen. <clears throat> and then it was set up earlier that Luke is going to help out TJ uh, demo his, his bathroom. So at the end of the what, episode. What's that tool that you cut pipes with? <laughs> uh, at the end of the episode Luke asks TJ if he's a jealous man and he's kind of hinting like what's going to happen what you know what advice do you have for me but TJ takes it the wrong way and like he, he hints at this at first because he's like jealousy landed me in jail twice <laughs> yep and then he totally misunderstands and r- rushes off enraged um, I love this whole scene. This is like my favorite part of the whole episode. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, later on, uh, Lorelai and Luke come back from their date and they went to see St. Elmo's Fire. And I don't know where they were playing this, maybe at the bookstore. Uh, but it's she seemed to talk about like, oh, you can always find this movie playing. Like what? City, do you always find St. Elmo's Fire playing on the big screen? I, I have no idea. I think what she was saying is that America has so many things that we even have this obsc- this old 80s movie playing. Right, right. Um, and then Luke says he's fine about lunch. He's fine about it. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the episode, Christopher calls and Lorelai does not pick up the phone and does not call him back. Yep. So there we go. All right. <clears throat> Sounds wow. like she's Ollie-ing. Yeah. I have one complaint. The timeline is way screwy in this episode. So they plan to have lunch on Saturday. <laughs> and then she tells Luke about it as if it's the other day. And then Luke says this weekend we'll do something. But then when we see Rory later, she's wearing the same shirt she wore to lunch. <laughs> So did this all happen in one day? And Luke's like, I'll make it up to you this weekend, even though it's Saturday. <laughs> right. I don't understand. I'm confused. That's it. <laughs> I am going to fast track this final episode. And I feel bad for folks who are huge fans of, but not, but is not as, but not as cute as Pushkin. But, but uh, 
Uh, points. Here we go. Uh, the first one. Let's just talk about the fact that Luke's about Luke's dark day and about. So basically, the the plot point is Lorelai finds out about it, and he acts shifty about it. Doesn't say what it is about. It's November thirtieth. We find out, and then we discover that he has a boat that he's been hiding in a garage all this time, which strangely looks exactly like the garage that he puts uh, Jess's car in. So I don't it does, know where the, boat, it? <laughs> where the boat went to. Um, oh, my other nitpick point about that whole scene was after the discussion with Mrs. Thompson, he's all out of sorts. Lorelai offers Luke for uh, a ride back to Luke's. And, uh, like they're like you see clearly behind Lorelai that the bandstand is right there, and me being from you know a veteran of the uh, studio tour, <laughs> I could I could tell they're just like right around the block from Luke's, and then they just cut to the scene and Lorelai and Luke are pulling up in front of the diner. I'm like, did you just like drive around the block or? <laughs> but it's uh, silly yeah. how they keep trying to make Stars Hollow bigger than an intersection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, then Luke says that a dark day is the anniversary of his dad's death. And the boat is a boat he never finished. And he hadn't looked at it since his dad got sick. And you know, it's a lot of pain there. Um, and uh, and then so he has this outburst of the uh, at Mrs. Thompson because she's going to a nursing home and she doesn't want to. She can't keep the boat there any longer. And then she, he has this angry outburst when Lorelai oversteps. And instead of getting helping getting rid of the boat, he or she stores the boat in the, uh, in her garage. Um, but both times he does apologize and admit that like, like the last time he apologized, he's like, there's a reason why I stay away on this day. Cause I kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. He takes ownership of that. And I don't know how the they boat. don't know about his dark day. Yeah. Everybody know knows. Yeah. Robin, what did you think the dark day was? I didn't know, but I, I assumed it was something personal. So it didn't surprise me when I realized it was the anniversary of his dad's death. And, you know, my dad passed away and I, I don't, I don't exactly, I don't even, I, I, I think, yeah, I remember the date that he passed away on, but like, I never really think about it when it happens. I usually like think about my dad on like father's day or like his birthday, mm. you know, I, I don't, you know, I, ne- I never really think about the day he died. Um, but I, yeah, I do really want to know more about the dad and, uh, and more about, you know, Luke's relationship with him. It's, uh, it, 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 so hopefully we'll find out more. It's clearly very impactful. I yeah. mean, the hardware store was his dad's and he turned it into a diner. He can't get rid of the boat. He, uh, he has this dark day, um, he the whole thing with burying his uncle because it mattered to his dad, not really because his uncle was a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much of Luke's dad, and it's just hinted at. I feel like there's this whole other show that Luke is the main character, <laughs> and you learn all this stuff, but we never got to see it. Oh, God, we need like an angel spinoff with Luke. <laughs> Luke's like diner. Whole, yeah, we just need him opening up a diner in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um, I think it's really sad that Lorelai doesn't feel like she can just come out and ask him, what's this deal with your dark day? Yeah. Yeah. Because 
Go ahead. Well, we find out, or he eventually breaks down and tells her about the dark day because she wants him to go with her to Miss Patty's anniversary party. And it's not for a wedding, you know, which husband. It's yeah. not for a, a marriage. It's for the business that we call show. Yes. Right. Oh, of course. Um, 40 years. I, 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 I love all of that, by the way. Um, yeah. I think we've discussed before that um, if I could be anyone, I want to be Miss Patty. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love that he, he tells her. He's like, well, we're in a relationship. You're going to need to know these things. And I definitely can't come to that. I, like, I love that it's, I can't come to um, this thing with you because, because I, I, you know, you could get me to do anything, especially if you wear that black dress. Right. I mean, I just thought that that was so cute, like adorably cute. I, I also love that um, at the end, like he apologizes to her. And then she apologizes thinking that like, like uh, thinking that she could fix things. I don't know exactly the exact quote, but then Luke's like, you can just go on and keep thinking what you think. Like she, he's not saying no, no, change yourself for me in order to deal with my, my problems, my emotions. He's like, no, no, just be the person that you are. And, you know, obviously he's going to react to that, but like, I don't think he was surprised that she took the boat. Like (laughs) there's that initial shock. Yeah. Well, and he's angry and it's the day that he's normally angry. So he keeps himself away from people. I kind of, I kind of like that he's self-aware enough to know, you know what? I'm grumpy on this day. So I should just stay away from people. And the makeup people did a great job on Luke. He looks really like haggard. (laughs) He looks really dark and really. And then, and then, but even though it's his dark day, he still finds a reason to see Lorelai. Which means he still wants to see her. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's her glasses, but he totally just wanted to see her. <laughs> you know, I think that's really cute. But I totally would have done what Lorelai did. Only I would have told him. Yeah. I would have been like, no, we'll just put it at my place. And you know what? If you want to get rid of it, we can. But at least we're not deciding it today on all. You know, when you're when you're not feeling good. Right. Right. I also love the. Uh... I don't want to hold on to things or stare at things. And Lorelai's like, like the horoscope. And then she's like, maybe I shouldn't have. (laughs) (laughs) That was really cute. (laughs) Anything else about uh, the boat and Luke and Lorelai and all that? Um, uh, All right. Well, I'm going to go to Yale then. Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, no, no. This is in Yale. Never mind. There's there's a line I'm really excited about. Um, let's talk a little bit about the common room uh, that they are hanging out with, and these nerdos or these nerdo writers that are like, let's decorate the room with a Fahrenheit 9/11 poster, and then we'll put a big sexy poster of Dave Eggers on the wall. And oh, there's a documentary about a French French philosopher called Derrida. We're gonna put that up on the wall too. It's like, where's the Kurt Cobain? Like. Where's the Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> like, I understand this is Paris and Rory, but wow, it, it is so like completely nerdy. Like, they yeah. have some sort of like sci-fi Who's... girls thing behind. Them. There's one that's a sci-fi girls poster, but I, I was just looking at all the different posters. Who is Dave Edgers? Dave Edgers is a like a a, a writer. Um, uh, he wrote the Circle. Um, that is probably the biggest thing that he. 
wrote, but he, I, he did a column. Actually, I, I posted it on Facebook today, which is really funny. Um, I believe that's the same Dave Eggers and I don't know, but it's just kind of funny. Oh, there's also like some older guy holding a fedora. And I'm like, who's so the older guy? So boys in college put up like posters of sexy girls and all and sports <laughs> cars and things like this. And girls in college, especially when they're sharing dorms, they put up posters because they want people to think they're deeper than they are. You know, <laughs> they hang up Monet and that Klimt poster that yeah. everybody has, you know, yeah. and, and this is just Rory and Paris's version of that. Uh, okay. So uh, the main plot here is that headmaster Charleston uh, <laughs> is calling from season one for through three. He's like, hello, I'm still here <laughs> at my desk. And look, there's the Eagle behind me. And, uh, and, uh, he says that Anna Fairchild, a uh, student at Chilton is going to need a tour at Yale. And Rory's like, Oh, like Sabrina. Um, and of course when she gets there it's like a girl that's like ready to party and really is not concerned about the things that uh, um, Rory like geeks out about Um, so yeah there's there's a few different uh, as a 19 year old I would not want to be responsible for a 17 year old oh hell no uh, Paris considers like, her the enemy. I'll show you around for an <laughs> afternoon, but overnight? overnight yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Maybe bring your parents. <laughs> Let your parents be responsible for you. Yeah. Um, in the midst of this, we have a philosophy class, which I know Steph was like listening intently to the teacher because he's talking about Joseph Campbell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Do we not know about anything else? <laughs> That's ah, undergrad for you. <laughs> and then I think it's like, is it Colin that comes in and declares his love? And then, and then it's, uh, and then, um, Logan comes in as the new guy. And then, um, Finn. Finn comes in as like a keystone copper and demands that Rory give the boys back their balls. Yeah. The, Rory is just mortified. She's so <laughs> embarrassed. This looks. Yeah, this is not this is not cool, not cool, man, to embarrass me in front of my professor. I have serious student. I have so many problems with this Mm -hmm. because no, because this is this is coming out and saying, all right, when you're when you're in uh, college classes, unless they're really small, your professors don't know who you are. Right. Right. But now you are the girl that some prank was pulled. Right. In the middle of my class, you're you're the girl that um that that interrupted my class, and I could never get back on topic. And my kids are going to remember that forever. So when I see your name come across my desk when I'm grading your term papers, that's all I know of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, that is kind of an attack. Like that is something that undermines Rory as a student. And while he may not take his courses seriously, and this is all part of that whole privilege, I don't think it ever occurs to Logan that this could be damaging to Rory right. because he doesn't care. And, well, if if something like this happens with a boy, there's a very different reaction to a girl pulled a prank on a boy in his classroom as opposed to three boys came in and pulled a prank on this girl 
And now all I'm thinking about is that this girl is not serious and mm-hmm. she's boy crazy. Yes. And she's, se- she's sexually promiscuous. Yep. And, uh, she's, yeah, not a serious, not student. a serious student. Um, and I hate this and it is not my thing, <laughs> yeah. but I keep hearing about it, which is scary because it really needs to go away, but that there are still people and even professors that view women in universities as there to find a husband, Oh mm-hmm. God! which is everything Rory is not. And <laughs> that's what this prank does. This is my beef with Logan. <laughs> Logan doesn't even think about the consequences and what he might be doing to Rory academically. And as we know, what happens in Yale stays with you your whole life with Yaleys. Mm. Everyone will remember this. So when you know, she's a big wig journalist and trying to use her connections. People are going to go, oh, yeah, you're that girl that Logan Huntsberger used to uh, prank. Yeah, we all had a laugh at that. No one's going to think of her as a serious journalist. Right. I, uh, again, I, this is just like out of, this is so like abnormal for this show that that it, it kind of, I, I kind of chuckled at it, but I was also like, also mortified for her as well. I certainly wasn't thinking about, you know, how it would affect her future. Um, but well, granted, Steph and I have seen this a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, it, it's just, I don't know. It's just so funny. It's just like, what would even make them think about doing something like that? Yeah. What is he getting out of? It? Yeah. What is, what is he doing? Is uh, he, is it just to make her laugh? Is it just yeah. to give her a thrill? Is I think it- Marty is right. He marked her. Yeah. Now everybody in his circle knows she's Logan's. He's interested. He doesn't have to actually date her or anything. Right. But now no one else can go after her. Hmm. Uh, so yeah. I, I do love that the beginning of this whole uh, Rory plot, well, around the beginning, um, when Rory is talking to uh, Richard about about this, it, it, he brings up uh, Logan. You know, um, Richard says, "Oh, not a bad connection at all." Not, you know, and he's like kind of like creepy about it, <laughs> and it kind of ends the scene of him going, "Hmm." Um, well, to me, I took it as, "Oh, the party that we threw it ended mm-hmm. satisfactorily we we made a connection yeah. between somebody with a good name and rory and this could be the beginning of a relationship and we did it it we it was all us we did it and it it, it makes me happy that yes he might be thinking of it that way but he's also willing to participate in a revenge prank <laughs> <laughs> on logan at the end i love the revenge prank <laughs> Like it, it, it's great, and it's a you know. Unfortunately, it is not in front of an entire class, but you know he doesn't take that seriously. It's his his boys are around him when uh, Richard comes up and talks about how um, he's talked to his father, and they have the they're drawing up papers, and uh, you know Emily's and, putting the announcement in the papers, and welcome to the family. Yeah, and also the welcome to the family is the best part. <laughs> it's almost like uh, any any turns it back on him because yeah the story is now that rory was being harassed yada 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 in the class but now it's like well um 
I heard from the professor about this and Mm -hmm. it's not cool that you profess your feelings in front of all these people. So now it's not a prank. It is Logan, uh, uh, making an ass out of himself. You know, it's not, he's forcing the consequences on Logan. Yeah. So Logan will actually see that his actions have consequences. Right. Mm. So, uh, yeah, the, the episode ends with, uh, Richard, like ready to prank Paris next. And then he's <laughs> like, no, no, but there's this girl in the modern, modern poetry that keeps kicking my chair. <laughs> so. I love whenever, uh, Rory and grandpa are getting along. They have such good chemistry. It's yeah. adorable. Yeah. Um, but and any, any reason to get Richard at Yale is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's in his element, of course. How <laughs> uh, many? I don't have many other notes about this. This is your classic, like Rory is totally being Mrs. Kim to Anna. <laughs> I like that. One. <laughs> and because of it, Anna runs off and does something stupid. Yes. Well, you could you could see that coming a mile away, you know. Yeah, but I mean, had Rory taken her to some parties or just something, you know, not the Froyo event. I mean, come on, (laughs) like just done something fun and shown her some fun things. She wouldn't have to run away and do it, you know. It'd be like, oh yeah, these are some boys. Let's hang out with some boys. Well, she's considering this this young girl as like her two years ago, and this is what she would have loved. Um, Yeah. Visiting, yeah, yeah, but two years ago she was dating Dean, <laughs> yeah. or Jess, or whoever. You know, yeah, like yeah. she wasn't a girl that obviously her parents don't let her date. Her parents make her, you know, she's right. so happy to be out of the uniform, which means she doesn't go to events or parties without a uniform, and she really wants to. She gets um, to go to sleep when she wants to. Yeah, sleep with the television. Oh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Anyway, this this child we're probably never going to see again. But I totally forgot. We need to talk about the fact that now Paris and Jonathan are a thing. <laughs> yes! Oh, I thought you were saving this for the last storyline because it's the best. Oh yeah, they go. Spe- uh, sorry, this is, I just left this in my Yale notes. But yeah, that all the stuff that happens at Yale. Uh, yeah, uh, Paris is. Uh, well, first off, Paris is going out to an event at eleven o'clock at night, mm. even though she shows up during daytime. <laughs> and Rory says, "Who are you going to meet?" Spike and Drusilla? <laughs> she said that? Yeah, yes. you missed it. I fucking mi- I missed that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I oh. was like, I totally forgot about it. And when she said it, I was like, oh, my God, Robin is screaming. I I, have, I need to rewatch that part again because I, I don't know what I, I must have been distracted. I don't. It's I a no blink idea. and you'll miss it because Paris just rolls her eyes. But it is fantastic. Uh. I'm definitely going to be rewinding my Netflix or rewinding my Netflix and find, finding that place in the, in the episode again tonight. Uh, oh, my that's God. That's great. Eh. <laughs> Should have said, where are you going to who, who, who are you going to go hang out with Warren and Andrew? <laughs> that, that might be a bit more of a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, uh, I mean, she makes like a freaking. um, Eve Harrington reference later on, but gosh, uh, Warren and Andrew from a show that was on like two years ago, <laughs> that'd be too much of a deep Well, that's cut. way too pop, like <laughs> current for Rory. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who is Eve Harrington? Oh, it's an all about Eve reference. Yeah. Um, oh. 
I do have in my notes, by the way, Paris, don't hate on other women. And with yeah. the, the whole Eve Harrington thing and like, oh, they're going to take our starter husbands. And it's like, come on, Paris, you're better than that. Yeah. And oh, blue yeah. guns don't have fumes. <laughs> they don't make smells. You can't get high from them. Yeah, that seemed very out of character for me where she was, uh, you know, not that she would not be welcoming of a new person coming in. But yeah, that was not for that reason. That was, yeah, nasty. Yeah. More nasty than what Paris Because it wasn't, oh, here's more competition. It's, well, she's a woman and she's good, and she's younger. So she's, we have to hate her. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I understand Paris going, oh, she wants to take my p- position and it being genderless. But I really don't see Paris going about yeah. the whole starter husbands and they're younger right. and prettier and all that yeah. nonsense. Paris, that's your mother speaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let's. We should wrap this up and maybe get into uh, what episodes we're going to do. Be... Do 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 speed dating. Oh, okay. Uh, they were speed dating. Jonathan in Paris. I know. They and they end up sleeping together. Yeah. Oh, all right. I was very excited. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> I loved Paris going, sitting down, and like, oh, did your parents? No, you're boring. I'm moving on. <laughs> so I'm a drama major. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, unfortunately, I've been spoiled on this, so it's not as exciting for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, boo. Got into a conversation, and they're, like, talking about couples in the Gilmore, in Gilmore Girls, and somebody mentioned Paris and Doyle, which is a <sighs> weird name they call this character, so. <laughs> Doyle is dead. Um, <laughs> he died saving us all from the Nazi vampires. Um, Our rats are low. Um <laughs> I love their chemistry and they start talking about the, this, this, uh, archaeological thing. And they're like, Oh, and they, they had all these tools and they, they had a lot of power, you know, despite their diminutive size, they're both tiny. (laughs) That was funny. And I love that, uh, they, Paris is like, no, let's just see if we're sexually compatible. Let's just jump to this. Okay. Let's do this. And is very efficient about it. Yes. And then it's like, okay, now we have to talk to my life coach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Anything else? I think that's it. I just, we're posting everything. Paris needs to be highlighted. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think next time we'll we'll try not to talk about the first episode for forty minutes, and this will this will work out a little easier. Uh, but uh, it is now ten thirty over here, and uh, I'm <laughs> falling asleep. Uh- <laughs> okay, next week we will talk about women of questionable morals. Women of questionable morals. Who are they talking about? Well, obviously uh, Rory, <laughs> because she's a homewrecker. Oh. Um, let's see. Well, I want to mention Rory's tiny scarf (laughs) that she wore in the last episode. Like it doesn't cover your throat. Like what good is that? It's like, it's like an inch and a half wide. I don't know. She's in California. She doesn't actually need it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What's the next episode? Uh, come home. Come home. Mm. Uh, um, hmm. I mean, it's obvious. Obviously, it's Lorelai asking Rory to come home, but is it? Maybe it's something different. Maybe, uh, maybe Emily needs Lorelai in her um, uh, in her 
you know, because she's lonely. Huh? <laughs> what? Like, not in that way. <laughs> like, maybe needs uh, needs needs her daughter to spend time with her, much like uh, Rory spent has has lived her whole life with uh, her. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here. Okay, wedding bell blues. Oh boy, who's getting married? Uh, well, it's too soon for Luke and Lorelai. Gosh, we gotta go through all the couples. Uh, like, who's getting married? Has anybody proposed recently? And that's, like, don't tell me that. Are they gonna just marry Jonathan and Paris together immediately? Or, no, that's too soon. Who is getting married? Because, yeah, Liz and TJ are already married. Mm-hmm. Is it Kirk and Lulu? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can't think of anybody else that's going to get married. I don't know. No idea. Okay. Sorry. And the last one is say something. Uh, say something I'm giving up on you. <laughs> well, that song hasn't been written yet at this time. So it'd probably be say something um, by James, which is a, which is another say something song. Um, say something. I am, I am, I'm, I'm a blank. I'm sorry. You guys want to theorize? <laughs> nope. I will say that these four episodes are like a whole arc. Ooh, nice. It's really well packaged. I like it. It is a good arc. Like, is this going to be? Looks very dramatic. Yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. Yes. You You'll know, decide. I love the drums. Yep. I love the drums. Okay, cool. Uh, that's it, right? That's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Nutty, for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yay. We'll have to do it again. Uh, maybe in season six. Maybe. All right. Well, would you, uh, oh, you should definitely plug, let people know where they can find you in case they, you can find my podcast, my art, even though it takes me forever to update it. And links to pretty much everything that I do by going to nimlas.org. That's where you can find the Nutty Bites podcast. That's N-I-M-L-A-S dot org. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, uh, streaming art and recording podcasts and all sorts of fun stuff there. Uh, and that's just Nuke Joss, which is impossible to spell. But don't worry. Go to Nimlas. You'll find it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as for us, I think we'll be back. We'll be back next week uh, to talk more Gilmore Girls. And uh, now you can join in with us. Uh, we're, we always end up our podcast with some laws. La, oh, boy. La, 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 la. I have a question about your laws. La, la, Are you purposefully we... trying not to be copyrighted laws? La, la, la. We don't even we... know which la la we're doing. <laughs> we're doing. We just do a different la la every time. Dude, we're, we're supposed to be lying now. This is not time to talk oh sorry it's like i think I, I officially I originally started off with trying to do the correct laws and steph definitely doesn't so 